0: and dummy half it's with the halfback williams
1: williams goes himself comes out the other side gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from the
2: puts a kick out wide looking for shander earl, and earl is in again oh,
0: stop it it's starting to hurt rugby can't. league rugby
1: Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the SC Playbook podcast brought to you today by Brett Oaten Solicitors. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is 2019 Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Des, how are you, mate?
2: Yeah, going well, Tim. Um, though I did have another one of those weeks in Supercoach where I missed the massive scores from a couple of popular players, um, namely Ponga and Nofo, but I still managed to score thirteen seventy-three, which I was fairly content with, though I probably could have... Gone for a bit of a bolder captain than Cleary on Thursday night, considering I'm trying to make up some late ranks. But, yeah, I really thought Cleary would go better against Brisbane, as I'm sure a lot of people did.
1: Yeah, that's a huge score without Ponga and Noffa last round. That'd be one of the biggest ones there without them blokes. But, I mean, you're the lunatic for running without Ponga this year. So, anyway. (laughs) And uh, also joining us is the SC Spy. Spy, how are you? G'day, lads. Pretty tired today, I'll
0: be honest. I didn't, uh, didn't get a heap of sleep last night, but what better to get out of the, uh, the slumber than some footy chat, lads? Um, not a bad weekend. It, was, it typified the year, to be honest. I scored 1330, which I thought, you know, it seems okay, but I dropped 1500 spots and it just shows how high, how difficult some weeks are. Um, people that hurt me, Stephen Crichton didn't score for the first time in what seems like all year. He only got 20, so that was a bit of a dagger. Um, my, my best mate, Sevo, scored in the opening five minutes, and I'm like, here we go. Repay the faith. And he scored 40 points. <laughs> so he's just killing wow. me. And um, not just keeps on getting it done. I obviously I don't have him. He's hurt me a lot this year, and he continues to do so. So, anyone that's got him still, well done. Um, he's just tearing sides to pieces. Good on him.
1: Yeah, Nofaluma has just been unbelievable. For a bit of context with Nofaluma this year, so that was his fourth ton of the year. He's averaging eighty-one points per game. That's as a winger playing in a side outside of the top eight. Latrell Mitchell last year as the strike centre in the Roosters side, which is you know one of the best teams I've ever seen put together a combined seventeen. Um, he was kicking goals for the Roosters as well and averaged seventy. So Noff has got eleven points this season on Latrell from last year, which I just think is unbelievable um, and a sign of how good he's going. Uh, as for the the mighty Kooma Stallions. Uh, I did manage to nail all the big tons this week, or the majority of them, for 1,452 points. Um, But such is this year, as you you said, boys. It was a massive scoring week last week across the board. Uh, Dropped a little bit down from 10th to 14th spot overall. Um, So nothing nothing too deflating there, um, but slipped a little bit of ground. I think the probably thing that hurt me most was uh, I went the straight C on Nathan Cleary, Uh, even after the game. I wasn't too upset with it because I thought, you know, a lot of people might um, loop him. Um, with uh, with the sort of eighty odd points he had, uh, then he downdated on early on Friday before the uh, the Friday night games kicked off, and I think people just said, you know what, um, he's a perfect chance to to go with to not loop and go with a, a Teddy or a Ponga, and these guys who all went off. So um, that was the big difference for me last week. But not to worry, looking half right this week, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, As mentioned, guys, we are brought to you by Brett Oten Solicitors, a law firm specializing in the entertainment, media, and tech industries. If you need intellectual property, contract, or other business advice, visit bretten.com.au. Apart from business, Brett is also happy to discuss supercoach, music, TV, and his surfing shortcomings. Um, the support from Brett and his firm has been massive for us this year, for the podcast and for the website, and particularly heading into next season. Um, so a massive thanks to him and, and all his firm. Um, guys, we'll get on to the major topic of this week, which is Caelan Ponga. I mean, for starters, a bunch of people sold him last week, which was just madness in my eyes. We saw what he did. He scored his – might have been his first hat-trick of his career. Um, went huge, another big ton. He's been arrested this week because he had his head taken off by the old Chad Townsend. Um straight and simple, um, Spy, what are you doing with Ponga this week? Uh, it's a tough one that everyone needs an answer to. And now that Ryan Pappenhausen's out, who's the obvious target to trade in, uh, makes it even harder.
0: Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, Pappy not being named is huge because he's been in serious form. I think the first thing you do this week is have a look at your side. See how good your 17 looks um, without Ponga, with him sitting on your bench. If you can cover him reasonably, then you absolutely hold on to him. The bloke scored over 158 twice in the last five weeks. So we know what he can do. His last two games after a week off being freshened up are pretty good. I think it's Saints and the Titans. So it's not like he's running into to Melbourne or, or Canberra or the Chooks or any of those guys. So... Mate, I'd expect him to finish off the year strongly. <coughs> he has lost the goal kicking duties, but the way he was hitting him in his little form slump, he wasn't getting a lot of points out of that anyway. Now if the question comes: there's a totally different train of thought for mine. If you're in a head-to-head contest, if you're in a knockout semi-final this week, and you can't field a super strong 17, and selling uh, selling ponger on allows you to strengthen your side and give you the chance at winning. This week, then that's when you do look at doing it. Obviously, in head-to-head, there's no next week if you lose at this time of year, so you don't have to worry about grand finals and all the all that too much. So that's a balancing act. As I said, absolutely try and hold him if you can, but if it means getting in a guy like um, maybe a Stags or or someone else with high upside instead of an absolute muppet in your as your last bench spot, then I can understand why you'd want to do that in head-to-head. And the same goes for overall. It is the time of year to take risks. If you're, say, you can only field 16 or something like that and you've got no one else to trade, then, you know, you can take the risk and sell Ponga, but just be aware that in the last two weeks he could do anything. He played as good a footy as he's played all year last weekend. So certainly hold if you can, but there are there are reasons why you may look at selling if you if you had to.
1: Des, I'll get your take on both sides of, of the spectrum there being overall and head-to-head um, because, as the spy said, there's definitely a case to trade him if you've got 17 players. You know, you need to sell him to get a really strong 17 and win your game this week. Um, probably you've been there and done it, mate. You've, you've won the overall title. It's a big opportunity for people to bring in one of these live-wire fullbacks into their side uh, and, and chase a few points on opposition would you be considering doing that if you were, you know, ranked pretty high up, chasing the title? Or even you might be someone chasing a spot in the top 1,000. It doesn't have to be their overall title. Um, how would you approach it?
2: Yeah, all things considered, I think if you're in the top 50 or 100 or so, still in with a chance to win, I probably wouldn't sell Ponga. He's coming off a hat trick and you just you can't go without someone who's that dangerous. He could pulverize you in the last two rounds if you don't have him realistically. Um, but then again, it is the guys that take the correct risks towards the end who are going to win the title. So it's, it's still something you have to give some thought to. But for me, it's, it's just a clear hold now that Pappenhausen's rested as well this week. I mean, Tommy Turbo expected back in the next week or so is the only real spanner in the works. But it would take a seriously brave man to sort of bring him in the last two weeks, considering Manly are out of contention for the top eight and they really won't want to sort of re-injure his hammy right at the end of the year. Um, RTS is the only other guy who sort of deserves a little bit of a look in. He's finally brought back the A game from last season and all the Warriors attack is basically back in his hands. So, yeah, he's – another positive with RTS is that he probably – well, he definitely won't be rested as the Warriors are still sort of clinging on to the hope of making the top eight, so – He's, he's the only guy who I'd really think about doing it for, but it's just – it's it's a no-go, really.
1: Yeah, RTS is, I think, sort of a three-game average of about 97 points, which is pretty massive. Um, I've I've pretty publicly, in Supercoach terms, obviously not been the biggest fan of RTS because he doesn't have that massive ceiling of, of the top fullbacks in the game. Um, but I could see why maybe if you were desperate to make up some ground. But, look, Pappenhausen being out just – It's a bit of a shame because it would have opened up the fullback position so much if Papi was in. A lot of people would have jumped ship to him. Um, But now, with not that many great replacements, particularly, you know, if you've got Gutho, who's playing against Penrith this week, so that's not a a great matchup there. Um, You know, I suppose Brimson's a bit of a left field option. The Titans have a a nice run home. Um, But I think if you can hold Ponga, definitely hold Ponga because he could go mad the last two weeks, particularly after a bit of a freshen up uh, and the Knights who might be playing for a home semi final or something like that. uh, my last bit of advice on that one is if you are in a head-to-head semi semifinal uh, and you need Ponga to make a strong 17, sorry, not need Ponga, need a gun 17th man so you need to trade Ponga, just have a look at your opposition, check out their team and see where you stand. And if you think you're the better side in the contest, maybe there's a case to hold Ponga and then you can – Hopefully, get through, get the win, and then you'll have him there for the last two weeks. Well, hopefully, the last two weeks with the grand final coming up. Um, but yeah, some big decisions to make for people there because Ponga was sizzling last week. Uh, guys, if you are interested in our premium content for the last three weeks to help you through head to head finals or the chase for the overall title, uh, it's $10 now for our subscription package, answer your questions, a bit of extra staff, all that yada yada yada, that jibber jabber. Um, or if you'd like to support the podcast, if you're a fan of it, uh, you can do so with a donation. There's a tab in the article holding the story, so that'd be cool. But if not, no dramas at all. Lads, let's get into the team analysis for the week, the game-by-game previews. Starting on Thursday night, massive game for my side. West Tigers versus Rabbitohs, 7.50 p.m. at the point-friendly Bankwest Stadium. At the Tigers, they are unchanged from last week's gritty win over Manly. Gritty's probably not a great way to call it, but they got over the line in the last few minutes. At the Bunnies, Dane Gagai returns from a hamstring strain on the wing in place of Jackson Paulo. David Totola is out with Liam Knight starting at prop and Jed Cartwright on the bench. Spy, who do you like in this clash, mate? The Bunnies have a nice couple of weeks coming up, so there's a few <clears throat> points of interest there. Uh, what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, they certainly do, mate. Um, I just want to note quickly that the Bunnies play the Roosters in the last week of the year, so anyone with minimal trades looking to bring in certain guys potentially from the Bunnies just be aware that they may have a tough last match depending if the Roosters end up resting guys but I, I just don't think Trent Roberts will rest guys a week out from the finals I would expect Trent to rest guys next week against the Sharks so if you bring in Cody Walker for example this week I quite like it I think he could have a field day against the Tigers if they don't show up and they haven't a lot of late but obviously he may have that that tougher matchup in a few weeks, and that that would be head-to-head grand finals as well. So make sure you can cover him. But in saying that, Cody's the kind of player that even against the good sides, he steps up. So he might be able to eke out a 50 or 60 against the Chooks, regardless. But mate, he's he's been on serious form lately. He his running games really come back strongly the last few weeks. His combination with Reynolds has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching the bunnies the last few weeks and I really didn't rate them early in the year. They sort of struggled, but in typical Bennett fashion, he's got the boys firing. um, He's found the roles for everyone, and I really like him. And Damian Cook, I think this could be his week, potentially. Um, We spoke off air that obviously the Tigers, their middle defense is often not too bad, so a little bit tougher for Cook than maybe a Cody Walker, but... The form he's in, he's just starting to run again. And as we mentioned a few weeks back, he's starting to get, to get tackled again. And when Cook's getting tackled, you know he's running, which leads to offloads and attacking opportunities. So I know you've got him, got him sitting there on your side, Tim. So hopefully this is the week, mate, that um, Cookie really explodes for you and Cody as well. Um, and the only other watch would be Cam Murray. I still own him as we stand, looking at potentially selling him. But he has a nice matchup if he can get, get some footy in his hands.
1: Yeah, I've got Cookie, Cody, uh, and Cam Murray, who are all three semi-decent pods, particularly Cody. Um, so this this could make or break me this Thursday night game. I've been ready to unleash Walker there for a few weeks. Uh, he's been in my non-playing reserves and scoring bloody well against the Storm and the Eels of all teams. Um, so a really, really big game there. Um, I like cooking this one, but I particularly like Cody Walker. You mentioned it there, but their middles are okay, but... The edge defence there with BJ shooting out of the line a couple of times on the weekend for tries. Um, You saw Luciano, granted, was in the middle of the park, but the try that Marty Tepau tipped on for Jake Chaboyevich, that opened up so badly, Um, and I just think Cody's going to expose that on the edges so much. So I think Cody's the man for this. Um, Whether or not he's warranted bringing in, I'm not sure. Des, Murray, Cook, and Walker, they're very solid options. Are they great options, and would you be getting them in?
2: Um, Not necessarily Murray. I think Cook and Cody are. I really like Cook in this matchup against um, Harry Grant. Um, I think he's a viable vice-captain option alongside Cody Walker, in fact. I think they're both viable VC options in this game. Cody's just in that sort of 2019 form where he's just scoring tries every game and no team's going to stop him, really. He just finds the space. He has the pace and he goes himself. He'll score tries. He, he'll, he won't stop scoring tries over the last three weeks, no matter who he's versing. He's just in that sort of form right now.
1: Yep. Des, with Nofaluma, there's he's a pretty popular trade-in option this week, which I, I certainly understand, but he's 670K. Um, I think probably the people in the hunt for the overall are all going to own him off the back of his recent scoring. But there'll be a lot of head-to-head people looking to bring him in for finals. They play the Bunnies this week, the Storm next week, and then the Eels. Would you be forking out that, out that sort of money for Nofa at the moment with that run, or would you be looking to bolster your side elsewhere?
2: You know what? I, I actually – I probably would. I think he's just hes just been way too good. No matter who he's versing, he's going to score tries. I, I feel sorry for anyone who's sort of tried anti-potting him due to the tough draw um, because it's backfired miserably on whoever did it. He's just so dangerous. He tackle boss every run basically. He's going to keep scoring tries no matter – What sort of opponents he's versing, and the average of eighty-one across the whole year is just a testament to that. Like he's he's pretty fixture-proof. So I think I don't think you can look past him anymore. I'd be bringing him in.
1: Yeah, he made an absolute mess of that tough draw coming up, didn't he? With tries every week, absolutely killing it. Moving on to the Bulldogs versus Sea Eagles Friday six p.m. at ANZ Stadium. Or at the Dogs, mass changes. Marcelo Montoya, Kerrod Holland, and Kieran Foran all out. Jaden Ockenbaugh plays his first game of the year on the wing. DWZ moves to centre alongside Remus Smith. Jake Avarillo starts at 5'8. That's a very interesting one and a big one for the Doggies' future if he can excel in the halves. Luke Thompson is back in the starting side at Lock. Aiden Tolman to prop. Dylan Knapp is out with a knee injury. Brandon Wakeham and Suaso Su are the new faces on the bench. At Manly, George Tafua and Josh Schuster are out for the season. Abbas Miski comes in onto the wing. Cade Cust has been recalled in the number six. Uh, Fellas, not too much to talk about here. Will Hopper-Wide has hit the skids the last two weeks, which is a real bummer for anyone who brought him in. Uh, At Manly, a few points of interest. The first one being for me is Adam Fennel-Blake, who I'm looking at bringing in this week. Um, that was prior to the news that Josh Papali's injury wasn't as bad as expected. Um, and he has been named, but he's about a 50 50 champ to actually play this week. And even so the minutes would be a concern. Um, did a bit of digging on for Noah Blake yesterday and he's averaging about 60, 61 this season, but because of suspensions and injuries and whatnot, a few different things, um, you know, game time after the COVID break, uh, the postponed season, should I say, um, He's played less minutes at different times, but in games he's played over 50 minutes. He's averaging 66 points per game, uh, which I think is a better reflection on how he's gone this year as a Supercoach player. Um, he's dirt cheap at about 470 or 480K. So if you are looking to move on Papa or, or bring in a front row, I don't mind Fenua Blake. Um, but, lads, the big one here that everyone wants to know about is Daly Cherry Evans. Desi, you're a Manly fan. How tempting is Daly Cherry Evans?
2: Yeah, I do rate him for the last three weeks if you have the money to spare. Um, But if you don't, I wouldn't be sort of pulling my hair out over not having him either. Like He's the sort of guy who could average 100 for the last three weeks, but he also might average 50. You just don't know, even with the goal kicking. And Manly, they've just been losing games. I wouldn't actually be surprised to see them lose this game to the Bulldogs, to be honest. Yeah, it's an
1: interesting one. And I suppose by uh, DCE, you know, you've got, you know, just about everyone's going to be running Nathan Cleary in a sort of Cam Munster combo at the moment. Um, if not Munster, probably Sean Johnson, who's been named this week. Uh, let's say everyone has a gun 17 at the moment. You bring DC in for maybe Jerome Lui or someone like that. Does DC get a start in your 17? Does he interest you? What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I had a look at exactly that, mate. I've got Luai sitting there. Um, I really like the look of Cherry at the moment. We know how good he is as a player, but with all the ball going through him at the moment and the goal kicking um, and a soft draw, you'd expect him to potentially do some pretty nice things over the last three weeks. Whether he's a 7-8 player really depends on your side and who gets rested in the last three weeks, are there any injuries, all that sort of stuff. As we've spoken about before, there's a huge, huge possibility of teams resting guys in the next couple of weeks. So maybe that's where you have Cherry sitting there and you go, beauty, you can bring him in if Kaliri gets rested or if someone else gets rested, he can sit on your bench as a pretty high attacking upside guy. I actually had a little look before and I almost prefer him over Cody Walker purely because of that last round matchup that South have against the Roosters. Now, long-term, I probably prefer Cody, but over a three-week sample, and with South playing the defending premiers once in that run and Manly having three really good weeks and Cherry goal-kicking, I'd nearly lean towards Cherry if you want him. So I've, I've got nothing against if you, If you want to ring him in, go for goal.
1: <clears throat> yeah, nice, mate. You give me a bit of food for thought there. I might uh... – might even consider flipping Walker to DC in the last round if I've got a trade handy, but that'll come down to how many injuries we have in the next week or two. Moving on to the Panthers v Eagles, Friday, 7.55 p.m. at Panthers Stadium. It's a shame we can't get a full crowd in for this, because this would be an absolute blockbuster. Still will be. Just a shame the fans won't be there to to fill out the stadium. At Penrith, Isaiah Yo returns from a head knock, which is a massive relief with all these injuries this week and restings and whatnot. Uh, James Fisher-Harris returns to prop, Moses Leota to the bench, Kurt Cape will shift to the reserves. At the Eels, Reid Marnie's been named to start after it was originally feared he could be out for a few weeks. In the only change to the 17, which beat the Warriors, Andrew Davey comes onto the bench in place of Murata near Coro. Um, look, lads, I-, I went to do my squad breakdown earlier today, and I was looking at the Panthers, and you know, getting ready to write a big spiel on how good they are and how many players you can have in their side. We don't need to dwell on them too much because we speak about them every week and your Tottos and your Mansors, um, your Crichtons who hit the skid. You know, there's so many big options there. Um, so not don't need to go into too much detail. But I suppose, Desi, who interests you in this game and is there anyone who you're looking to bring in or maybe sell or what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I, from what I've seen, the Eels really haven't been putting up much lately. They're not in too great a form. So I do think the Panthers will win. So. I think Cleary is a pretty good VC option in this game. Could easily go 100-plus if the Eels don't defend really well. Um, though in the in the end, I think the game will come down to whether the Eels can get their attack to gel, which they haven't really seemed to be able to do in recent weeks. So I can see Penrith scoring 30-odd points, and obviously the outside backs will definitely be among them. Um, I'm pretty interested to see the matchup of Moses and Madison defending Kiko and Stephen Crichton. I think that's the edge where most of the game will probably be played on. Um, for the Eels, I really like Nathan Brown. Um, his work rate's been exceptional in recent weeks, and he's getting big minutes and running the ball really hard and fast at the line, so he's definitely one to watch out for and pod watch. But other than that, I think I think the Panthers are pre- pretty, um, win pretty convincingly in the end.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think um, Parramatta will put up a fight just because of the enormity of the clash. Para can basically lock in a spot in the top four with a win this week. They have two pretty easy games to finish, and they'll back themselves to win at least one of those. But, you know, if they can do it this week and, and give players a bit of a rest the following week, I think it might be against Brisbane, they'll do so. Um, Spy, who do you like in this clash? It was a clash originally that I was maybe looking at sitting someone like a Mansour or a Brian Toto um, because I've got I do have five gun centre wings now. But now with what Parra have dished up the last few weeks, I'm thinking, or oh, maybe it's not the game to do it in. What do you reckon?
0: It's bloody tricky, mate, because I do think
1: Parry would have had this one circled
0: on their calendar for a few weeks now or a while out. So they have probably targeted towards this match a little bit. Uh, The big one is obviously Dylan Brown's out, which hurts their cohesion enormously on that left edge. I like Field as a parent. He's doing a good job for them, but he just doesn't do the role that obviously Brown would in attracting defenders when he goes to the line. Um, The other thing is Reid Marnie is he has to be in some doubt. He's been named, but whether he'll start, I'm not sure. If he doesn't play, obviously that hurts para as well. Um, I'm just I find it tricky because with it's a local derby, they're both in the top four. They're both at different stages of the year being predicted grand finalists. So you sort of look at it and go, they they're gonna be hungry. They're gonna be hungry to win at both sides. And maybe defences could be on song. But as you said, the way para have been lately Certainly far from their best, and I, I know for a fact it's not a fact, but it's as close to a fact as you could get that Penrith were in about six gear last week. They went up to Brisbane to get the two points, they barely asked any questions. Um, mate, they had they were purely looking at this week, so you'd expect them to come out firing. The question is, can can para handle it? So, that fast start that Penrith like to, to have at times is probably going to be key to this one. And in short, I hope, I hope they're on Penrith because I own a lot of their players, especially in the back line like you, to old Mansour. Um, I've got Stephen Crichton as well. So it's has um, got to be a nerve-wracking one. I do think Jerome Luai is an interesting one. He's been really good for a while now. But at some stage, I'm expecting a down week for him. Maybe it's going to be this week. Just something to think about if you're able to sit him. And the other big question mark is Isaiah Yo. How many minutes will he play? He's coming off a concussion. He's had a big year. They've got Kurt Capewell not even named in the 17, which I think is huge. So they've got to make a call there whether he's going to be part of their finals campaign. Maybe we see a late change on game day where he comes onto the bench. And if he does, you'd expect Yo potentially to get an early breather. Um, there's a lot, to there's a lot of super interest here and NRL interest. And just one more quickly for Josh Mansell owners like myself, Charlie Staines has been named in the 21. So not in the side to play, but one of my tips would be that Josh Mansell gets a rest in the next two weeks and Charlie Staines has a run on his wing. So that's just something to keep an eye out. Um, In short, I'm not sure what's going to happen here because there's a lot to play for. Um, I hope it's a dry night night and there's plenty of points, but we'll just have to see what happens. boys. It's a tricky one for you, Tim, as to what to do, but at least you know Mansoor and Toa love to run the ball. So if it isn't a high-scoring match, at least they probably have 20 runs each, which is something to, to obviously bank on there.
1: Lots to take in there from the Spies, giving a thought on every player in the game and every member of the crowd. So, uh, you know, we'll, you know you've know, you got your insight there. So don't say we didn't warn you on this game. I like all of it. Jerome Lewis is a guy I wouldn't be playing in my 17 this week. Um, not a bad bloke for the run home with two easy games. And I like the shout on Josh Mansor. I think there's a huge chance he gets rested in the next two weeks. But you can't see it happening in this game with a, a game against local rivals in the West, the Eels. I'm um, so intrigued in the minutes for Isaiah Yo. I anti him last week. Um they've got a well, a three and a half forward bench in Tyrone May being there, who's a utility who spent time in the forwards this year. Um you'd think minutes have to give somewhere with Yo. It wouldn't have surprised me if they actually rested him this week after the head knock uh, and the fact that I don't think he'd missed a game this year. But yeah, massive news for owners with him being in the side. Dragons Raiders, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Wind Stadium. Uh, this is a corker if you're a Raiders fan that's going to the game, and that's about the only reason because I am going to it. At the Dragons, Cody Ramsey makes his NRL debut on the wing. He lit up the nines at the start of the year, and he's been out injured. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see him, see him get a game. He comes in for Michele Ravalawa. Paul Vaughan returns from suspension in an all-new front row pairing with Kate Ellis. Josh Kerr and Blake Glory move to the bench, and Tyrell Fumiano drops out. At the Raiders, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, Joshie Papali has been named to take his spot, but 50-50 call him whether he plays or not. (coughs) Sia Soliola has been named among the reserves and would be a massive inclusion for the lack of depth in their pack at the moment, particularly if Big Papa misses out. Uh, Desi, who do you like here, mate? Uh, And my big question, Zach Lomax, mate, in my eyes, he's the key man to antipod. He averaged, I think, 60 points over the last three weeks against those Queensland rivals, which is okay, but not what we thought. Um, with a really tough run home, would you antipod Zach Lomax?
2: I probably would at this stage. Um, though he has been still scoring fairly well. 60 points per game isn't anything to scoff at, really, um, in the centre wing. But, yeah, I guess for the last three weeks, you'd, you'd want something 80-plus, maybe, for the last three rounds. If you can snuff out a player who's going to do that, it's it's really hard to sell him. I still think he'll score fairly well in this one with McGuinness. I think the Dragons might actually give the Raiders a little bit of a run in this one. Um, Obviously, coming off some pretty crippling losses to the Titans and the Cowboys, they'll actually want to show up for this one, I think. But yeah, the Raiders are looking good, but they might be a bit tired after that Roosters game. Um, But yeah, obviously, hoping that... Big Josh Papali goes over for a try for your sake, Timmy.
1: Yeah, it'd be good to see Big Papa do that. Um, And just to clarify on Lomax, if I was a head-to-head player, not overall, um, I'd be holding him because I think there's no urgency to sell him. There's no need. He'll still tick along well and could score really well. Um, but I do see an opportunity in in antipotting him. He's got such massive ownership. The Raiders' defence is good, albeit the edges have been a bit leaky at times this year, although that's coincided with Curtis Scott being out there who isn't playing this week. Um, Spire, what are your thoughts on this one? Firstly, your thoughts on Lomax, and probably the other one is John Bateman, who with an easy run home, I can see him jagging some attacking stats and scoring really well.
0: Yeah, mate, the producers have just told me I'm on on a minutes limit for this one, so I'll be quick.
1: Um, (laughs) um, it's all right, mate, it's all right.
0: This is how excited I am about the last match. I didn't plan any of what I just said. I just had a look at the team list and started talking. I could still be going. I didn't even get to para. Um, So I think Zachy Lomax... The fact he has averaged 60, it's been against three pretty weak sides. So we know what he can do, and he can absolutely score 100-plus any week against anyone. But in terms of an antipod, I like it a lot. It's sort of all the guns up there are pretty difficult to antipod because they're guns for a reason. So I think a side who's, while they're mathematically in the finals. If they do lose this week, they'll then fall out of the finals. And he has carried a knee. Maybe they give him a rest if that happens. So I like it um there's obviously risk it's always nervous but that's part of the antipod fun quickly on Cam mckinnis he's been an absolute boss he just he's so good but again i'm not worried about it this week but if they do fall out of the mathematical chances of making the finals surely you'd have to give him a bit of a spell at some stage whether it's minutes or a game off because that blokes earned it um and johnny Bateman, mate i'm i'm liking him this week a lot he's been He's been close the last few weeks. He he tried hard as always last week and just forced a couple of errors just trying to create something as he does, but I think with a bit of an easier matchup against Saints. I like who he's running at on that edge. Um, I'm pretty pretty excited about Bateman's prospects this week, mate.
1: Yeah, big on big on Bato as well. Lads, let's move on to our bold predictions of the week. We'll uh we'll start with recapping last week's. <clears throat> we actually went pretty well last week, which is Very much a rarity for our bowl predictions. It's not often we all get at least one right. In fact, it's not often we get one right at all. But Walson started off with Brian Totto, 100 plus, no good. Not a long way off, but no good. He had DCE to go 100 plus, which he did pretty comfortably. Then he had Munster and Smith to combine for 180, which was a no-go. Adam DeRussi was on last week. He had Noffa to score under fifty, which is a massive fail. Like I think he's almost about a third of that. Um, although in Adams' defence, he did say it was wishful thinking because he was de- death riding him rather than logic. He had Cam Murray to go under sixty, which is a really good get, uh, and then he had Cleary one twenty plus, which is a fail. I had Cleary one thirty plus, and I was pretty confident of it as well. I thought he'd maul the Bronx, not even close. I had Fergo to get his first try of the year. End to go seventy-five plus. He scored and scored seventy-five on the dot. So well just done. Stuck in there. Well done. <laughs> well done to Fergo. He was the happiest bloke in Australia to yeah, scored I know. that it try. So was he. I was the second happiest. <laughs> oh, I don't know if anyone remembers, but he scored what would have been the first try of the season in Thursday night footy and ripped this mad backflip and it was taken off him. And the poor bugger hasn't scored since. When he scored that try on the weekend, he had four blokes lined up inside him who had no work to do. Fergie still had a bit to do, and he just pinned his ears. There was no way he was passing that ball. I absolutely loved it from Fergie Ferg. Um, And then I also had BMoz to go sub 45. So I got that one as well, which was a nice little tip off for the week. Desi, start us off. What have you got this week?
2: All right. For my first one, I'm going Teddy 120 plus against the Knights. Um, second one, going Cleary 100-plus against the Eels. And lastly, Munster and Smith combined for 220-plus against the
0: Cowboys.
1: Very nice, mate. We'll reassess that next week. Spy, what have you got?
0: Boys, uh, I'll have a look at similar with Teddy. I think he's he's just on again. So Teddy 110-plus this weekend. I'll go Cody Walker 85-plus against the Tigers. Um, hopefully even more for you, Timo. Um, I'm going to go Jerome Luai, sub 35 this week. Uh, if Parry can turn up defensively, I'll have a little crack at that, and I'm going to sit him. I'm not going to play him this weekend, so hopefully that one's right. Um, and my last one, I'm going to do four. Nico Hines coming in for Pappenhausen. I think he'll go – look, I've got down here 75 plus. I think he'll have a really nice afternoon against the Cowboys. Um, he's, he's a really exciting young talent. So 75 plus and someone to have a look at if you've got trades in hand, which we'll get to later.
1: Yeah, like it, mate. Uh, Katoni Staggs is a bit of a target of mine this week, so I'm going to say Stags to get two tries and go 90-plus. Cody Walker, who I am riding as much as I have a player this year to go 100-plus, um, expecting him to carve up the Tigers' edges or very much hoping so. And then I did have Kurt Mann to go under 50, but I'll get to why I've bailed on that idea a little bit later when we get to their game. Uh so I've got Cam Munster to go 100 plus. With the news that Pappenhausen's out, I think he'll take on a lot bigger role in attack. He'll take the line on a bit more, not having to go out the back to Pappy. Um, although, as you said, Nico Hines hasn't put a foot wrong in his game time this year, so might take a bit away from him. But I think Cam Munster, 100 plus, and he could. he's a definite captaincy option for me as well. <clears throat> Guys, as I mentioned earlier, we're really extremely pleased to welcome Brett Oates Solicitors as our sponsor for the podcast. Brett provides intellectual property and business advice to the entertainment, media, and startup industries. For more than 20 years, Australia's leading entrepreneurs, creatives have relied on Brett and his team to help their businesses grow. Uh, If you do find yourself interested in discussing Brett's services, contact him through bretoten.com.au. You can see of his clients there from tech startups to advertising agencies to Amy Shark, King Gizzard, and the Kid Leroy. And there's a special discount for SC Playbook listeners, which is very, very cool. So check that out. Brett's a trusted legal advisor, lifelong rugby league fan, and a keen but limited supercoach fan. Moving on to the next game of the round, guys, and that is the Titans and the Broncos. Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium. Fair bit going on here, particularly at the Titans, because there always is. Starting with Brian Kelly, who's out, and commiserations to anyone who brought him in last week or the week before. Uh, I know Nick Moon, who writes our weekly rap, brought him in and it cost him a couple of his head-to-head leagues finished with about two or three points, which was just brutal. Uh, Bo Vermeer moves from the second row to centre, which is not great news as far as auto-emergency goes, but at least he's playing 80 minutes. Keegan Hipgrave comes into the pack. Prop Jamin Jolliffe, the Spies boy, is also sidelined with an ankle problem. Uh, Mo Fodawaken moves to prop. Jai Whitbread has been added to the bench. Jai Arrow played long minutes in his return from a shoulder injury last week and could move into the starting side close to game time. Keep a big watch on the final teams there because, surprisingly, there are a few Supercoach relevant players. At the Broncos, Alex Glenn returns from injury in the back row. Ben Teo to the bench. Uh, suspended Joe, Jordan Ricky and Jamil Hopawade both drop off the interchange. Joe Offen gowdy returns from suspension. Xavier Coach replaces Ethan Bullimore on the pine. Uh, first thing I'll say about that Broncos side is that the bench has a hooker and an, a winger on the bench. So as far as Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan go, I can't see them not playing eighty minutes this week. Uh Haas did it last week. Carrigan played early seventies. Um but I think Haas becomes a massive captaincy option for anyone who's winning their head to head clash pretty well. Um a few relevant names there and Katoni Stags, Desi is a is one who's pretty popular this week. What do you like in this game?
2: Yeah, I think I think you're right about uh Haas. I think he's a very valid C option in this game. I think he, he's definitely due a try, that's for sure um it perhaps trampling over someone like tyrone peachy late in the game i can definitely see something like that happening um i actually really think this game will go to golden point i've just got that gut feeling about it the broncos are really trying to sort of fight off the wooden spoon and showed a bit of fight last week against penrith and the titans are playing some good footy there's no doubt about that and they're winning games um for who I like, I, I like Brimson a lot in this matchup. I, I'm personally going to be holding him until the season's end now. I've seen enough from him, and he just keeps producing good scores, breaks the line every game. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like Brimson. Um, Stags and Fafita for the Broncos as well. They're Obviously, they're only two attacking players of any sort of substance, so they'll, they'll probably go for a couple of tries, I'd say. I'm hoping Fafita goes over for a pie for you, Tim.
1: Thanks, Desi. Appreciate it, as always, mate. <laughs> I I really like David Fafita for the run home, um, particularly this week and the last week. They play, obviously, the Titans this week, then the Eels, which is obviously a harder one. Uh, but then they finish with the Cowboys, which is at Suncorp, I believe. Uh, so I just think Fafita can definitely bag some attacking stats there. To Tony Staggs is a guy I'm really looking at bringing in this week. Uh, I've got Mitchie Orbison there sitting on my bench, who's got a bit of, bit of value about him. So it could be an option. Um, and I think you're spot on with Brimson. Oof, I'd like to own him this week as a one week play because um, if the Broncos don't turn up, which they very well may not, uh, Brimson could go big. Spy, who do you like? And in particular, your thoughts on Stags and Fafida as trading options?
0: Mate, I'm really keen on Stagsy. Um, I'd love to finish the
1: year with him much like
0: you it's a good run home next weekend not maybe not as much against Parra, but this week um, and the last week he's he's such a talent he's goal kicking now I'll be I'll be having a look at whether I can find a way to get him into my side this week um, <laughs> especially if you do because I'm sick of Seeing guys score and going, yes, Tim's got him. That's exciting. I don't. Damn it. It's a very awkward situation. So I'm just going to follow you for three weeks <laughs> and um, go from there. But Stags he's good. And David Feeder, like you said, he – He's a real talent, that guy. Like he's, he's similar to Staggs. They're like the the carbon copy of each other. They're just try scorers who bust the line, bust tackles, but he's the bigger version of him. Um, he was a bit disappointing last week, and the Broncos didn't get him much quality ball, but with that run home, he could at any stage get one or two or maybe three tries. Imagine that one. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, happy with that. There is some risk in Fafida just because his work rate isn't as good. So just be aware that he does have a 45 to 50 in him, but his upside is enormous. Um, And that's about all. I'm sort of actually looking forward to this one. I know after a game of footy I'll have a schooner in hand and this one could actually be pretty fun to watch with a bit of luck.
1: Yeah, Queensland Derby, both sides out of contention, both trying to fight away from the wooden spoon. Um, It could be actually be all right, definitely for entertainment value anyway with a few strike weapons in there. Roosters night, Saturday 7.35pm at the Sydney Cricket Ground. At the Roosters, Jake Friend returns from a head knock at hooker in place of Freddie Lusick in the only change from the win over the Raiders. At the Knights, plenty of changes. Ponga, Barnett, Hunt all rested with Tex Hoy, Edric Lee back from injury on the wing. Uh, Tex Hoy opposite fullback. And Herman Sasa starts at lock. Daniel Saifidi is a massive inclusion on the bench, while Sione Matiasia is also a chance to return after being listed in the reserves. Uh, um, I mean, a few options here, and the Roosters... I mean, it's a pretty tough matchup for them. But, I mean, I don't really know what to make of the Knights at the moment, particularly with a few key players out, Daniel Sofedi coming back. But, um, Desi, a few of those Roosters players have got to be catching your eye a little bit for the run home.
2: Yeah, I think the Roosters will really want to make a statement in this game against the Kalen Pongalas Knights. Um, I think Tedesco is just going to wreak havoc in this game. Um, he'll probably go 120-plus quite easily. Um, as my as per my bold prediction there. But, yeah, I just see the entire Roosters back line getting into the action. Um, they'll all score very well, I'd say, I, for the Knights. I think guys like Clemmer and Mann really struggle in this game. I think the, the Roosters will just decimate them, to be honest. It'll be a 30-point okay. margin, um, and I can see them both going sub-60, unfortunately, for owners.
1: Mate, I think I'm with you, and an issue with Clemmer is that I mean, he's gone 59 and 58 the last two weeks, but he played 62 and 68 minutes, which is really, really promising. Um, But with Dan Saifidi back, the fact that – I mean, I know Barnett's out as far as middles go, but O'Brien's pretty much said, oh, you know what, I'm happy to cop a loss here, Um, rest a few of my key players, a few of the blokes with niggles. Uh, And I just think Saifidi's a guy that he's going to want to get minutes into coming into the finals. So does that mean Clemmer plays a few lesser minutes? probably does, not necessarily, but I'll be a bit worried there. Um, as for Kurt Mann, I was really – I still am thinking about sitting in this week. Um, then I had a look at his base over the – pretty well since he's moved to hooker, get a load of this for his base stats. So this is obviously just tackles and runs. Um, last week his base was 47. The week before, 53, 47, 46. And the game against the Dogs, which I think off the top of my head uh, was the game that – I think that was the one where Connor Watson got injured and so did Andrew McCulloch. He had 62 in base. Um, so looking at those numbers, you know, even on a bad day, he could, he could score 50-plus, throwing an attacking stat, and there's your 70. So I'm a little bit undecided on man. But, again, if he, there's a week he's going to go low, this is probably going to be it. Um, Spire, what do you make of this game? And, you know, guys like Brett Morris, Daniel Tupu, have they caught your attention?
0: Oh, absolutely, mate. Tupu and Brett Morris, if you can get them in your side, if you've got the trades and the money to do it, then they're huge options. Um, Daniel on the wing there does, he loves to run it as well. So his base, I think, would be, re- I haven't looked, but it should be reasonable. And Brett Morris is probably a little bit cheaper than he was, or he'd definitely a little bit cheaper than he was a month ago. So, they're huge options. I love it, especially with their run home. I think they're going to absolutely decimate the Sharks next week if they don't rest, guys. That's the huge risk there. If Teddy rests and a few other, th- other guys are out, maybe their wingers suffer, but still I'd be pretty happy putting them in with the Roosters' depth. Um real interesting one for me here is my boy, Angus Crichton. I've been targeting targeting him for the run home, and he's been named on the bench again, so makes it obviously near impossible to buy him at that price, despite what he did last week in 30 minutes. What a weapon. Um, But just keep an eye out, just in case he does... Swing into the starting side now before kickoff. Uh, if you've got a trade up your sleeve, I'd love to own him. Um, obviously, there's some risk he doesn't play 80 minutes with that depth. But, look, Sonny Bill's going to probably play in the middle a lot and not not take away edge minutes. Lindsay Collins is a middle. Nat Butcher is a little bit as well, though he can, can go on an edge at times. So, mate, Angus Crichton, if he's starting, could be a huge pod. He could be enormous for the run home. Um, and just on to Clemmer and Kurtman that you mentioned, Tim. I think Clemmer be interesting to see if they arrest him, but also he's, he's a pretty fit dude. He's played eighty minutes at times. So I think when he is playing his sixty minutes, it's not like they're overloading him either too much. He's put his offload away a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, sides have got on top of it. So that's the key to his success this year. If he's not offloading, he'll generally punch you out of about sixty. And if he adds his three offloads in, that's what gets him up to like seventy-two. So that's huge. And just be aware that he did get Sinbin two weeks ago with four minutes left. So he would have scored in the 70s again. Um, he's going on really, really well. But, yeah, if you're not only to sort of hope that they do rest him a little bit with Daniel coming back. And Kurt Mann, he just keeps on keeping on. A bit like Nofaluma. He just keeps getting it done. And he's, he's such a good player. He's getting better by the week. He's pretty vocal Focal point of their attack. And a yeah, big decision for you, mate, as to whether you play him or not. Obviously, just depends on who your other centers are heading into the weekend.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> the one thing for sure is with Angus Crichton is Trent Robbo is really going to want to get minutes into him before the finals. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him start come game day. Um, but with that four-forward bench, it's hard to see him getting big minutes. What you need is a – not that you're going to buy Crichton this week, but as far as the next two weeks go – you need to see Freddie Lussick come in and be named at that 14 spot with three other forwards um, because with the bench they've got now, you know, Cordner, Tupanua there, Isaac Liu. Um, we know Takiyahu can play big minutes in in the middle as well. Um, it just – I can't see where the minutes are going to come from for Crichton. Yep. The one thing he does, have in his favour, if they do choose to put like a, a hooker or a, a utility on the bench, Crichton, which we've seen a lot last year and probably over the last two years – is him shifting to the middle of the field. So he can play a lot of lock as well and defend there, which is really good for his base, but again, good for his minutes that he can switch between the edge and the middle. Um, but again, w- w- while it is as it is, um, and Mitch Orbison to come back as well, if there's a spot for him, um, you've got to put a line through Angus Crichton for this year. Um, but if he does get named to start, could be a huge pod. Uh, moving on to the Storm and the Cowboys, Ooh, this could be a bit of a massacre. 4.05 p.m. on Sunday at Sunshine Coast Stadium. At the Storm, little Pappy is out with an Achilles injury. Also, no word on the severity of that yet. I'm assuming not Sort of too many people own um, with Ponga and Teddy going so well, but uh, a bit of a concern there for the few weeks going ahead as well. Nico Hines starts at fullback. Suliasi Vunavalu is back from a broken jaw and replaces Isaac Lumi Lumi, who goes to the bench. Uh, Nelson osofosola Lamona returns from a calf injury to fill the hole left by Christian Welch's suspension. Riley Jackson's is the new face on the bench with Chris Lewis admitted. At the Cowboys, it's the same 17 as last week with Gavin Cooper listed to start and Tom Gilbert on the bench. Desi, I suppose the Cowboys are pretty irrelevant here. Um, Val Holmes was good last week but has a brutal couple of weeks coming up. Um, I mean, Cameron Munster and Cam Smith are probably the only two of note are they must haves, or can you make a case not to own either of them?
2: Uh, no, they're definitely must haves. Um, you you just cannot go you know, you cannot go into a game like this without both of them. Cam Smith, if if they win by fifty points, he's going to score one hundred and fifty. Um, he'll have two or three tries just quite easily. Ten goals. Um, even even guys like ado Carr, he's just, he's been the guy in the most form. Um, scoring the biggest in Supercoach of for Melbourne. So he could be a huge trade-in for some of the guys up top this week. But, yeah, Munster and Smith are definitely the two guys you cannot go without because they will both 100% score 100-plus points this week. There's just no two ways about it, really.
1: Yeah, look, I I don't mind the Addo car call. I do not have the nads to do it myself because he can go so low. But, I mean, he's definitely got to be an option Um, This after this week, they then go on to play the Tigers and the Dragons. So the three weeks coming up are massive. Um, Spire, what about you and Munster Smith? Just simply must-haves, or can you see an argument to maybe Antipod? I do love a little mini-argument with Desi, so I'm glad we've got one for the night. Um, I'm
0: going to say, Desi, this is my thoughts on Munster and Smith. Certainly, they can both go 100-plus, and they may well. That's definitely not in doubt, 100, 100%. So if you own them, happy days. But just the way Melbourne are playing at the moment, they've got a couple of easy games. And if you have a look at Smith and Munster, they've been perfectly happy just to use their outside backs and give early ball, especially over the past sort of two, three weeks of footy. They've got um, Ollum in the centres. Then Addo Carr's been on fire. Pappenhausen's been doing the damage. Obviously, Pappenhausen out is significant but Nico Hines plays a similar role to Pappy so what's worried me a little bit just a little bit as a Munster owner in the past couple of weeks since his return is he's just been happy to give that early ball Smith's very similar because they know they haven't had to take the game over and do what they do best my thoughts are potentially they just saved their run of really getting back into their best footy for a couple of weeks and it really really matters and just just ease themselves through this one As you said, though, if Melbourne put on 50, Smithy will kick 10 goals and he'll invariably grab a try assist at least. So I think he's good for at least 70, something like that. But... I'd just be curious to see how Monster plays this week. Um, certainly no issues with playing when you're 7 but if you're going to captain him, just be aware that he hasn't been taking on the line quite as much as he normally does. Perhaps this week is the time he gets back into it, but it wouldn't also shock me if he
1: really saves his best for down the track, closer to finals. What are your thoughts on that, lads? Desi, any uh, any rebuttal there? You want to tell the spy to put a sock in it? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, he's
2: got a few good points, but I think Munster's been attacking the line fairly fine. Um he certainly did last week. He scored a try. It was it was pretty miserable conditions, so I don't I don't really want to base it on last week, but I think I just can't see them not going huge in this one. Um they they are passing it to the outside back sure, but this is the time of the season where Melbourne will stop doing that, in my opinion. Yep, start taking sure. it It'll
0: on. be really interesting to see what happens, mate. And sorry, I forgot to add, lads, is Nico Hines. I think he's a great play this week. Um we'll get into it later with trades, but he'll fill that Pappenhausen role. And if it's a sunny Sunday afternoon against the Cowboys, giving him some early ball, anything could happen,
1: I think. Has Nico Hines old man paid you off to give him raps today? Well, I was gonna say he's available at, he's available at 5 <laughs> so he's not just a fullback. So if you if you're
0: looking for a sneaky little play. I think he's about 260k or something cheap. If you want to save some cash, cash someone in. Mate, Heinze, I'm on the Heinz train this weekend. Go, Nico. Nico.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the second best Nico in the NRL behind Mark Nichols at the Bunnies. Yeah, absolutely. Sharks be Warriors, Sunday, 6.30pm at Net Strata Jubilee Stadium. For the Sharkies, heaps going on, as per usual. Um, Sean Johnson returns and will play half-back in place of the suspended Chad Townsend. Partnered in the house by Connor Tracy with Braden Trindle dropping out. CSC for Talakai moves into the starting side to replace the suspended Wade Graham, which is big news because there'll be a lot of people out there struggling to field a good 17 this week. And with Talakai now starting in the back row, outside returning Sean Johnson against the Warriors, uh, big, big news there, I think, for a lot of very grateful owners. Tony Ru- 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 Rudolph is again named to start at lock for Sorensen. Sioni Katara returns from a chest injury on the wing, pushing Bryson Goodwin to the reserves. Andrew Fafita has been named on the interchange bench. At the Warriors, Eels lone pair George Jennings and Daniel Ivaro both return with a winger uh, return, with winger Jared Beale and bench forward Josh Curran dropping out. Isaiah Papaliti starts to prop with Lachlan Burr reverting to the bench. Uh, Desi, not much going on here, mate. If anyone held Sean Johnson, happy days for them. Hopefully he kicks goals. Um, but I suppose the big two here, which I have seen a bit of uh, popularity for in the trades early this week. Uh, Jazz Tavanga and Torhu Harris, mate. Would you be looking at bringing in Torhu or Jazz?
2: Um, I don't know. It's a it's a bit tough. Uh, Maybe Jazz, probably not Torhu because he he just doesn't have the attacking upside that Jazz has. I mean, even with the sinbin, Jazz still put on some insane PPM. But I actually think this will be a really exciting match. Both teams have everything to play for. Um, I expect the Warriors to push them. The entire way, and Sean Johnson, he'll have to play extremely well if they're going to if they're gonna beat the Warriors. They're in red-hot form. Um, Two of Isa Shek's in great form. Um, Nick Arima and CHT have been kicking really well. But, yeah, Jazz and Tohu, just I'm not sure if I'd bring them in at this point in the season. To be honest, it's, it's probably a bit late.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Uh, I, I wouldn't be, but... I'll admit, watching Jazz each week, he's a hard work as a non-owner. He's not playing massive minutes, but far out. His PPM is just out of this world. Um, I was one of the very few relief people to see him actually simbidden on the weekend uh, because a lot of people up top do own him. Um, Spy, anything to add on this game, mate?
0: Yeah, boys, we've had a lot of chat about Jazz over the last, last month between us us boys. I just, I'm just i a little bit against Des and Wilson in that, I'm not sure he has the upside of maybe some other guys. Like, obviously, if you own someone like David Fafita, you know he can go 120 any week. Whereas Jazzy, I think he's a lock for some really nice 70s pretty often, and then he might get in the 80s with a line break or a couple extra offloads. The reason I say that is just purely based on minutes. He's only played 60 minutes once this season. So, he's played eight or nine games, he only got to 60 minutes once, the rest have been in the 50s or the 40s, um, which isn't isn't huge, and whilst he's an absolute monster, gee, I love watching him, that means if he plays his 55 minutes, he gets, normally gets up to about 70 odds, 75, sometimes at 65, at the end of the day, he might only average you around the 70 mark, so my question is, do you want to bring in someone like a Fafita who can go right in the tons with a couple of strong tries or someone like jazz who's who's going to knock you out 70s and they'll be fun to watch and i'm certainly not not against jazz i own him and i enjoy owning him but i just don't think he has the upside that people maybe think unless of course for some reason his minutes go up to 65 70 in which case he'll be an absolute monster if he does that he's a must own but at, at this stage it hasn't happened so Based on what's happened so far, I just think he's going to be a really solid back rower and probably be in amongst the crowd of those really solid elite back rowers, but without the upside potentially. That's just just a thought, just a thought.
1: Yeah, no, it's all pretty fair shout, mate, and no, I can't disagree too much. Uh, boys, let's move on to the round 18 trades we're eyeing off. Des, what are you looking at, mate?
2: I'm actually going to hold trades for the first time this season. Um, Wee! There's no super urgent matters I need to take care of in my team for once, so it's finally the week to do it. Nice, mate. And nice. How,
1: ma- how many will that leave you
2: with? Um, I think I've got three left after that.
1: That's right. That'll, yeah, by save if you can do it yeah, comfortably this week, that'll put you in an right position for the last few weeks. Yep. Um, Spire, what about you, mate, and how many trades do you have left? I've
0: got three left, lads. Um, My big targets were getting Cam Smith back and Angus Crichton. So with Angus named on the bench, assuming it stays that way, I don't have to use that trade. And as I said before, I'm a little hesitant in using one of those trades on Smith this week, just how they've been playing. I do expect him to score 70 or maybe even 80, but if, if someone on my playing my side can go close to matching him and I can save that trade, with potential carnage to come with resting guys, then maybe I'll do that. On the total flip side to things, how's this for a out-of-the-box strategy? I'll run it by yous. I have Jake Averillo sitting at halfback just as a backup behind Cleary. And in my centres this week, which I knew was coming, I've got Micah Sivo and Stafford Toa, both with really tough matchups. So I know my fourth centre is going to be potentially pretty weak, especially if Sivo keeps playing like he has. I mean, if he doesn't score a try, he could get 15 against Penrith, which feels with dread. So this is my sneaky little play, which I may or may not do. Just use one trade this week, which means I could flip Averillé to the centres, play him this week only against Manly, he's starting 5-8 if you have a look at the games he's played 80 minutes this year, he's been outstanding and he might also goal kick, It would also add a lot of interest to the Friday 6 o'clock match for me, but the other other side to that, in using that trade, it means I could bring in Nico Hines at 5-8 oh. um, which means I could play Hines and Avarillo, both with really good matchups instead of Sevo and Luai who have tough matchups so I'm sort of just eyeing that off. It'll be one trade I've got to use, but with only a couple of weeks left after this week, maybe I'll do it and add a bit of bit of fun to the weekend. I'm obviously not ranked in the top 15 like you are, Tim, so I've got a bit of room to have a crack at things. Um, and, yeah, get my boy Jake Yarrow in, in for a run and back my Heinz chat up. So that's just an early thought, but there's there's plenty to ponder this week.
1: Um, top 14, mate. Check your stats, please. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> 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 um i uh initial thoughts are you're putting a lot of faith in jake avarillo who i rate as a footballer particularly in the attacking upside um i suppose I, I think the factor there would be is the is the goal kicking so when him and nick Meany have been in the team together this year have you checked yet who kicked goals double i, check, I but
0: i'm pretty sure jake yeah. did um, but the other thing is it's more about Nico Hines. I can get him and Nico Hines rather than the other guys. So, um, as I said, it's a bit of a fun play with a few weeks left. And if it nets me 70 or 80 points, I'd be bloody stoked. But we will have a think and, and just decide close to mm. the weekend.
1: Yeah, fair play to you, mate. Um, I am – I mean, mine have been thrown in the air a little bit because I expected Joshy Papali to be out. Um, so initially, I was thinking Papali to Fanua Blake, who I quite liked as a pod. Talked to him up a little bit earlier, um, but just the upside. I, I continually go on about having the upside and the ceilings of front rowers. His base not quite, may not be quite as good as Clemmers, and I suppose a big minute Takiyahu, But I, I really, I do. I'm pretty tempted by Fanua Blake, but it's also a very sideways if that trade from Papali if Papali plays. So I won't bother. So I'm just going to wait on news of that. Um, The one I think I will probably lock in is uh, Orbison to Staggs, which is a a pretty nice little one there as well. And it also gives me depth in every position except front row would be the only one. Um, But, look, if Papali's going to play, it will probably just be the one for me which would leave me with three trades going into the final two weeks. So a little bit to play with. So then if the restings do happen, um, which I'm hoping they do, and I hope Teddy gets rested and all these guns get rested um, so that I've got a little bit to work with. But, yeah, not – few to work with anyway um desi captain and vice captain
2: i'm going vc on cleary against the eels um, just in case they they butter him, which i have an inkling they might um and then i'm captaining teddy
0: against the knights like i expect most people will
1: spy how about your captains for the week mate
0: yeah, I think got to be on Teddy, mate. Um, the form is in, he's back to his, his normal self against a weekend and night's up so pretty excited to have him. Um, I don't mind if people want to have a really tactical risk if you feel like you need to do it, obviously for head-to-head or, or overall if you're chasing some, some extra glory, but Teddy looks nice and safe and similar to Cleary, early game in the week, VC is good to get it on him just so it gives you options if he does go off.
1: Yeah, like it. I uh, am thinking VC Cody Walker on Thursday night into the sea on Teddy, um, but as that Thursday night game is so important for me with a few pod players, if the Bunnies do hit the skids and the Tigers come out and put 100 on them and they all score under 20 um, and I need to go a little bit more left field to make up ground, I'll whack the sea on Cam Munster, but I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that.
0: Yep, smart thinking, mate, just mate. take a few
1: questions and then we'll, then we'll wrap it up for the night, starting with Matty Broom who says he's looking for a pod centre wing with a good draw. Thoughts on Josh Adokar, Campbell Graham, Nick Kotrick, Katoni Stags, Taniul Tupu, Peter Hiku. He says it also means he can bench Sevo, especially this week. He already owns Toto. So of them players, I'll start with you, Dez. Let me know if you need me to go again. Which one would you pick?
2: Uh, I'm going for the initial one, Adokar. I just really like Melbourne's draw. Um, I, I can't see Adokar not scoring tries. He'll just he'll put so many over the Cowboys this week. I can see him averaging 100-ish for the last three rounds if all goes to plan.
1: Yeah, and as you said, he's looking for a pod. I'd go Katoni Staggs. Um, I think he's the far safer option. I think the upside's there. But he'll also probably be pretty popular this week. So, you know, maybe Adokar is the big pod play. Spire, who would you go?
0: <laughs> oh, It's tough because Stags jumps out as your man. But I like what Desi says about Adokar as well. If you want to really, really throw throw the kitchen sink at it, he could have an absolute blinding finish. But I think with stags' two of his three weeks are, are huge. So I'd probably go stags he just over Adoka.
1: And I like Tupu as well.
0: Roosters, don't don't shirk on them yeah. either.
1: I like Tupu as well. Um, I'd actually have Tupu behind Stags for me. Yeah. Um, Perry Hall asks, is Haas a must-have for the run home or can you get close to what he gives for a little cheaper, Des?
2: No, he's a must-have. He's, he's by far the best front rower. If you go down a little bit in price, you're not going to find anyone even close to his average. Spite.
0: Mate, Haas is an absolute must. I'm just looking up his numbers from last week. He scored 89, and I'm not even sure he offloaded. Let's just check this. Yeah, zero offloads, which almost never happens, and he got 89. So he could base 100 any week.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And we spoke about the bench of Brisbane at the moment. If that stays the same, you can guarantee he's playing 80 minutes. So, And I think Des it. The gap between him and second in the forwards is just monumental. Um, a good question from Adam Thompson who says, obviously a head-to-head question. So I won my first matchup. I'm into the preliminary finals now. Should I prioritise building more depth now with four remaining trades or should I wait? Was thinking – uh, firmer to Bateman or Crichton or Willie Army to Staggs? Um, so it's a good question in the sense that, all right, if there's injuries this week and rests next week and he could have used two of his trades this week and have a couple more for next week to put himself in a safer position, or does he just uh, spy? Does he just wait and, and have them four trades for a pre- prelim and a grand final?
0: It's a bloody fantastic question, this. Um, I don't – both options are fine i will sort of maybe I'll land in the middle. Maybe upgrade one of them this week just to add some depth in and then it still gives you three trades for the last couple of weeks um, just if things go crazy. But at least you'll have that depth then that next week you might only have to use one trade if need be and then you can keep two for that final week which would be grand final, wouldn't it? That would be right. It would. So, yeah, maybe one this week just to add some depth and obviously give you – yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Go with one this week but it's tight.
1: Yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that um, yeah, scenario, Des? I agree with
0: the
2: spy. I really like the firm at abatement trade. I think that'll really bulk your team yeah. up perfectly.
1: Yeah, um, and oh, i tell you what, if you can have two trades going into your grand final week, I know you've still got to make it and whatnot, but anyone that can be going into grand final with two trades up their sleeve, you've got to be in a pretty good position, you'd think. Huge. Um, uh, what else have we got? So, Richie Coombs asks... asks Jackson Paulo to Stags or all right? This the other one was Ponga to Pappenhausen, so that question's become redundant. Should have checked that, but here we are. Uh, here's a good question, Spire. I've already got your response, um, so I won't get yours. But Nick asked Cody Walker or DCE, who would you go out of them two, Des?
2: Oh, that is a really good question. Yeah, um, really, it's it, it's sort of a coin toss they could both average 100 from here on out or they could both average 50 from here on out. And they both seem to have really good matchups as well. So it's it really is much the much. But I think DCE with the goal kicking probably puts him slightly ahead of Cody Walker.
1: It's, it's so hard because my initial thought is DCE because of the goal kicking as well, just the edge there. But then you look at um, Ruben Garrick's due back either next week or the week after, not guaranteed. But I did see uh, a whisper of that. Um, but the big thing is Cody Walker's playing Red Hot Rabbits. dCE's playing playing a struggling <coughs> Manly outfit. So there's so much to consider, and the difference between them could be like 200 points. So and boys, um, I did
0: um boys, I did say DCE earlier, but also if Tommy Tuvovic is back next week, he'll take a bit of ball off Cherry as well. So the more you look into it, maybe Cody does become the play.
1: Yeah, and um, following on from that, which uh, it's a very another it's a fair, very fair question because a lot of people will be thinking it, but Blair asks, hold Luai for the final three weeks, particularly with, you know, Penrith have two good weeks after this coming up, or make the move to DCE this week, Des?
2: Uh, I'd just go to DCE. I'd chuck him in and hope. I mean, you, you know what you're going to get from Luai most likely. He'll probably average 60, 65 to the end. And you'd expect DCE to probably do more than that. So it's worth the trade, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Spy?
0: My gut says DCE as well. Um, as we know, if things go his way, he's going to be enormous. There's no guarantee Tommy or Garrick return. And Luai could get rested as well and has a tough matchup this week. So with, sh- with short time to play, get DCE in, I reckon, um, if you need to, and-, and see if he can do the job for you.
1: Yeah, I'd do it too. Um, and another final question, uh, which again has been impacted by team list, but we can still help out because uh, I have a couple of thoughts on it. Ryan Patton asks, if Ponga is ruled out, he's looking to trade him to Papi or Nofaluma. So obviously Papi's not playing, so he'd be thinking Nofaluma. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? He says, Nofa is pretty draw-proof. Uh, Des, you mentioned before, Would you be looking to go Ponga to Nofaluma or would you be waiting a week or would there be another fullback you'd go to instead of Nofa? What do you reckon?
2: I think Nofa would be one of the only guys you'd even consider trading Ponga out for, but I still probably wouldn't do it. Um, He's averaging 81. So he's averaging about the same as Ponga. If you do trade out Ponga to Nofa, it's it's a bit of a waste of a trade because – Ponga will come back for the final two weeks and probably score the same as Nofo. So it's, it's a one week yeah, trade. Really. So not really sure
0: about that one.
1: Yeah. Spy, what about you?
0: And I'll make a wager with anyone that wants to take me on. Uh, Ponga is going to outscore Nofalum in the last two weeks, surely. Uh, so stay with Ponga unless you absolutely have to get rid of him for, for reasons we've previously discussed, such as winning a head to head yeah. battle, all those sort of things. Yeah.
1: So I think we spoke about it in depth earlier, but pretty well, the big question is of the week, hold or sell Ponga? Uh, Look, I think we'd all be holding Ponga pretty well with those last two games to come and him fit and firing. Lads, cheers for that this week. Desi, thank you, mate.
0: Yeah, no worries, boys. Always a pleasure.
1: Spy, cheers, mate. Thanks, Timo. Cheers, Desi. Good fun, lads. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.